in today's show. We're going to look at all of the action from Monday in the NBA. Big news stories, lots of game stuff. Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it. Indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. And you can find me on Twitter, as always, at RedRock underscore Beeble and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. This episode is brought to you by Truebill. Truebill is the new app that saves you money by helping you identify and stop paying for the subscriptions that you don't want or need and can even negotiate better deals on those that you want to keep. Thank you also for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Real ball burster of a day of news in the NBA and with nine games on. We're going to crack in on that. We're not going to do Watfo today, but drop your Watfos down below. If you don't know what Watfo is, it means what are the kids cover them? Try again. Kids cover them. Don't listen, kids. This is rude stuff. It means what are the fucking odds? So just give me something and I, and I go ahead and, you know, give you my opinion on what are the percentage chance of this happening. Drop that in the YouTube comments below for tomorrow's show. We'll do I request elaboration tomorrow as well. I think yesterday I did I request elaboration without even playing the sound, which is, I just have that flashback now, which is disappointing. We'll do them tomorrow. We've got a lot to talk about. I'm wasting time. Let's get into news. Um, Maga Porter Jr. is having back surgery. That's obviously shithouse. Shams reporting that he's out for the season. People are still holding out hope that he might come back. Look, even if he hums back, right? he's having back surgery. Back surgery. So I guess if you don't have anyone in your injured reserve slot, slot him in there by all means. But back, back surgery, guys, back surgery. You're talking two-month absolute minimum recovery. And for a bloke who's had two other back surgeries, you've got to think three months absolute minimum. December, January, February. So maybe he's back in March. There is absolutely no reason to hold in that situation. And given the fact that he's had all those surgeries, like they're just going to be extra cautious with him. You come back in March and play five weeks, maybe play in the playoffs, risk it again, or have the, the nine months off and come back in September for, for camp next year. If you have anyone else that you'd need to kick out of injured reserve, if you don't have injured reserve, you've got to you've got to drop Maga. Unfortunately, he's gone. That's it. What a waste of a pick. Of course, we had no indication that his back was rooted. Look, we saw him play last year and play well. And we expected without Murray the usage to go up. In fact, it went down. The efficiency was in the toilet and he couldn't move. And he was done. And we had no indication of that, which that uh, sucks. But that's just what happens sometimes. So Porter out for the year. Joe Harris also undergoing surgery on his ankle. Four to eight week timetable, and Woj just saying it's going to be on the uh, the near end of that, the shorter end of that. I'm generally pretty skeptical whenever someone's having their body cut open by knives that they're going to be back super fast, but you never know. But still, four, Joe Harris was droppable anyway, so you're dropping him clearly. Um, this means Paddy Mills will continue to start. I think Mills will start even when Harris returns. And as I detailed on the buy low, sell, show, sell high show earlier today, Mills is fine, but his shooting's like 56% from three. 
So it, it's not going to maintain. And he gets no rebounds, no steals, no assists. He's a points and threes sort of guy that is getting by on elite shooting. And he is an elite shooter. He might be a 45% three-point shooter. He's not a 56% guy. So he has some value in that scenario. But yeah, don't overvalue Patty Mills. Kemba Walker's out of the rotation for now. Drop him. We've already, we already we already Jack Armstrong him sometime last week. Uh, I think it was. Get that garbage out of here! But JIC, drop him. Alec Burks, must roster player. I think that this moves quickly into at least let's take a flyer in a 12 team. Same with Derek Rose. I don't think they'll replace Kemba in the rotation. Those minutes will just get distributed. And if they do, it'll be like 10 minutes going to Quentin Grimes. Not anything major. It'll be quickly. It'll be Rose. It'll be Burks. It'll be Fournier who will get that boost. Probably indirectly helps uh, Rowan Barrett as well with uh, Walker out of there. So yeah, add Burks, maybe consider quickly and, and Rose also. The John Wall update is just the biggest roller coaster. Hey, he's going to have a meeting. He might come back. No, he's not going to play now. It's like, oh, maybe maybe he's willing to um, you play a smaller role. Who knows? But I don't see any situation where Wall comes back and plays 30 minutes with 32% usage like he did last year. Meaning those of you in 10 or 12 team leagues, you don't need to worry about it. He might play 23 minutes coming off the bench. Fine. That's not going to be. I, I, I can't 100% rule it out. It's very, very likely, uh, unlikely that he's going to be relevant for 12-team leagues in a, minim, in a minimal role like that or in a low role. It's very unlikely to me. So I wouldn't bother. Again, if John Wall is injured reserve eligible and you've got nothing in there and you want to stash him, go ahead. Go, go for it. Whatever. It doesn't really matter. But yeah, expecting much out of him, I don't think is going to be the way to go. A quick injury update. We'll talk about other injuries that happened today later on. Rashawn Holmes is back. He is off the injury report. He will play tomorrow. While the pencil Harrison Barnes. Barnesy. Barnesy is doubtful for tomorrow. So we don't know if Mo Harkless is playing. He's questionable. So there might be an opportunity there for Metu um, to maybe get some, some numbers or Davion Mitchell's role to increase or Terrence Davis to get another start with Barnes out. But the good news is we don't have to sit through Alex Len anymore. So um, we're going to get uh, we're going to get Holmesy back, and that we it's good for the Kings and it's good for our fantasy teams, of course, because you know not having one of your best players is always frustrating. It's not as frustrating as companies trying to scam you money though. That's what free trials are. They're companies and greedy corporations sitting there diving into their money pool like Scrooge McDuck. That's why Truebill exists. They help you to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions that you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to 100, well, not 100, that's 100, that's nothing. Scrooge McDuck wipes his ass with 100 bucks. We don't care about that. They save up to $720 a year on average. Holy crap, now that's, that's impressive. Because companies make those subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill is here to just bang it out and make it easy for you to cancel those subscriptions. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel unwanted subscriptions so that you don't have to. Truebill has over 2 million users and has helped them save over $100 million. Not each, that's just a general total. So don't, don't get too excited. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Go right now, truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash LockedOnNBA. Okay. Time to look at the most added players over the last 24 hours. Number one is Tyus Jones. Yes, add him in 12-team leagues if you're looking for assists. Points leagues, probably add with Ja Morant out. 
KCP actually flying up at the moment, putting up good numbers. I wouldn't say that he's a number one high priority 12-team league ad, but I don't mind adding him. He was good again today. Maxi Kleber is, especially with the uh, injury to... Get, you're going to be shocked, but... Uh, yeah, he got hurt. So Maxi Kleber's a 12-team, I think, must roster at this point. D'Anthony Melton, the wave pull up 16%. He's a good 12-team league ad. Billy Hernan Gomez. Now, I am recording this initial section before the Pelicans game, so I can't tell you how Hernan Gomez went. I find it very, very hard to believe that Billy Hernan Gomez is going to be a must-roster 12-team league player in 15 to 16 minutes a night. I know that the last three games have been great. I am not believing that he is going to maintain that number. And when I get to the Pelicans recap at the end of this show, I could look like a dickhead and I could say, you know what? Fuck, he's just going to do it. He's just going to continue to put up these numbers. But I doubt it. So I understand taking that flyer on him, but it would depend on who I drop if I take that risk. Um, Danny Green's up 14%. Eh, he's the biggest streamer out there. Like, he's not a must-roster guy. And then Johnny Wall up 13%. People really firing up about the uh, the old John fella over there. So no, don't, uh, don't worry about that one. All right. The top drops. Taylor Horton Tucker down 15%. Yep, not a must-roster guy in 12-team leagues. That, that's fine. Uh, the wiki Chris Boucher. How's he still rostered in this many leagues? I don't know. But obviously, you Jack Armstrong him, as you should have done on about the 30th of October. Um, Ken Birch down 10%, 10%. Yeah, look, that's fine. He's not a 12-team league guy, and he is out injured. He's more of a 14 to 16-team league player. Um, Maga Porter Jr. down 10%. Yep, that should just keep... He'll be on this list for the next few days as everyone drops him. Whiteside down 10%. Wouldn't have dropped him because they play today, but he's an elite streamer, and that's it. Mason Plumlee down 9. Sure. Steven Adams down 8. Absolutely, these are not 12-team league must-roster players. So dropping them is absolutely fine. I don't have any... I don't think there's any problem with that whatsoever. All right, let's move on to talk about the games. There are nine of them. So let's go into the first one. The Orlando Magic and the Philadelphia 76ers. Weird game, this one, with the Sixers just starting off on fire, like dominating. And you're being like 11 points up at halftime, and then they just went to sleep. They ended up just squeaking it out by five points against this Magic team, which is banged up. Let's start with the bad news. Well, is it bad? Let's start maybe with the good news. Jalen Suggs had 17, 3, and 5, and his recent production makes you think, yes, I'm glad I held through Thanksgiving. And then, of course, at the end of the game, he breaks his thumb, and he's going to be out a long time. And that is not good. So, unfortunately, now is the time for Jack Armstrong to announce Jalen Suggs' fate. Get that garbage out! Yes, of course, you have an injured reserve slot. Hey, if you've got John Wall in your injured reserve slot or Maga Porter Jr., piss them off and put Suggs there. But Jalen Suggs is going to be out. A fractured thumb is usually, I'd say, four to eight weeks, probably closer to six to eight weeks of an injury. So you're talking mid-January, end of January, just before All-Star, before he returns. It's a clear drop without an injured slot. If you've got two blokes in and one injured slot, then he goes. Like, he's not that good. That you have to hold through it. Go. See you later. That's annoying. Um, there's some other good things, though, for Orlando. Last week, like, he was shit ass. He put together two absolute turds in a row, Franz Wagner, but had 27, 6, and 5 here. Looked great. But in 33 usage, like, what on earth is going on? Now, there's a couple of things to look at here. Cole Anthony is out. All right, so all that usage would be funneled through him. No problem with that. Wagner is still the same guy despite this explosion where he's good enough to be on a 12-team league roster, but is he good enough to be your 10th best guy? Probably not. Maybe, but probably not. We, we can hold him. We still have him, but the upside is limited. 
Now, if Anthony is out and then Suggs is out next game, then there is a real opportunity here for Wagner. But this was great. That usage is very intriguing. And let's see where it goes. Probably want to make sure he's held. Um, just lovingly in an embrace. Mo Bamba. One, two, three, four, five. In fact, he had six blocks with 11 points and 17 rebounds in 35 minutes. And doing that against Embiid is good. Uh, it's not good. It's, it's great. While Wendell Carter Jr. had eight and 12 in his 34 minutes. And I guess with the Suggs thing, I probably should have circled back to this. That's just horrible planning for me. With Suggs out, and say Anthony's out again, then where are they going to start? They have to start Roderick Hampton at point guard in that situation. And that would make him a short-term stream for sure. But if Anthony's back, I think they'll just go with Anthony and Harris. And then Hampton, who played just 14 minutes here. He's had some interestingly good games. I don't mind streaming him in. But I think if Cole is healthy, he'll come in and maybe he's like 160th over the next two months. Is that really worth it? Like I don't, I don't mind the ad if Cole misses, but I think when Cole plays, it just he won't be as valuable as maybe we hope he is because they have been weirdly deprioritizing him, and I don't really know, I don't really know why that has been the case. As I just look underneath my desk, Gary Harris had 16 points. That's his best game in what feels like two years. I wouldn't. Yes, there is minutes now for him, but I don't think he's going to be an ad. Well, Terrence Ross had five points on 11 shots. That's just that's absolutely woeful. Well, Trumer Kiki played 28 minutes. With two steals, I just had an idea for a Tumor Kiki sound drop, and I've got to go and dig it out now. Uh, we'll do it. We'll do that for, for for another show. But I've got to um, I've got to just write a note for that one before I forget it because it just came into my head. All right. Um, I'm sure you don't want to hear behind the process, but that's how this shit works sometimes. Onto the sixes, Tyrese Maxey. Look, the eight rebounds and nine assists are great, but we talked ad nauseum about how the efficiency was going to drop. And it like kicked us in the nuts here. Nine points on 17%. Well, it kicked us in the metaphorical nuts because the 2% of you that don't have testicles, maybe you can't relate to that. It kicked us in the nuts slash vulvas. Is that all right? I don't know. Um, here we better than this, but we knew that there'd be a usage drop and an efficiency drop coming with Embiid back. Well, the efficiency is not Embiid related necessarily. That was just going to fall regardless. But the usage drop. Still, adding nine assists after eight assists last game is impressive. Uh, he looks at home as a starting point guard. Seth Curry had 24 points on 77% shooting. Sheesh. That is some really good shooting numbers there. While Embiid, uh, 16 and 13, five assists. Unfortunately, he was bad in terms of efficiency. 39 true shooting. He'll be better than that. Well, Drummond, actually one of his better games. 12 boards, 18 minutes, two blocks. Right? Is it good enough to hold on to? I don't believe it is. But your league may be you know, heavily skewed towards rebounding stats or maybe heavily skewed towards avocado allergies. I don't know. But in general... Yeah, I, I don't think that he's worth a hold in most daily changes formats. Danny Green did replace Matisse Thibel as a starter, which I was shocked at considering Green is still under a minutes restriction. Just 20 minutes for Thibel and 24 for Green. I'm still holding Thibel over Green in 12-team leagues, but you know that limit of his upside for Matisse there, it, it hurts somewhat. The Thick Hogsman, Tobias Harris. Um, I think I am a TH. 17 TH for life. bad efficiency. For Toby there, 40% on 20 shot attempts. While Shake Milton had six points in his 18 minutes. Let's go on to the second game. It was the much-anticipated Jokic rematch against the Miami Heat. And, of course, absolutely nothing happened. Nuggets win at 121-11 because the big fella, Big Chungus, is back. And he's really good. Big, big Chungus, Big Chungus, Big Chungus. In fact, if I could find my actual sound drop, I'd play it. And I can't find it. Oh, no. It's my new thing. I can't. 
I can't find it on my uh, on my soundboard where it is. But I was going to say it was pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. Jokic, 33 minutes, 24, 15, and 7. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, the big stiffy, Bones Highland returned. He only played 21 minutes, which is key to note. 19 points, 5 threes, 1 steal. That's great, but he hit 63% from 3. It was 29 usage. The 21 minutes is the thing that concerns me. So multiple people have already asked me, is the big stiffy a must-roster player? Like, no, he isn't. But there is a chance that he be, he does provide short-term or you know intermittent 12-team value with the absence of Porter and Dozier. If you wanted to grab him, sure. But this is an outlier. Farton Will Barton had 14-5-4. Aaron Gordon, 20 points with five assists. Or Jeff Green, who is the starter now in uh, well, probably all, all season. My name is Jeff. Had 12 points in 31 minutes. Now, Green is not a must-roster 12-team league player. He's probably okay as a 12-team points guy, but not great. He's probably more 14. Look, and people ask this question all the time. Like, Josh, Michael Porter Jr. is out. Do we go and add Jeff Green? And my answer to that is, if you haven't wanted to add Jeff Green over the last two weeks, what changes now? Porter's injury is not a sudden thing. He has been out for weeks. So... Jeff Green's is going to continue sort of doing what he's done. Now, there's been obviously the Dozier injury and Jokic's absence and all that sort of stuff. But if he didn't grab Green when Jokic and Porter were out, then I'm not suggesting that he's a must-roster guy now. Uh, Austin Rivers only 16 minutes. It looks like Farku might provide some value. 10 points, 5 assists, 14 teams. I reckon you can have a look at Farku because he is quite a good permanent fantasy player with his assists and steals. And if he's going to push up with more minutes because of the Dozier and Porter absences, then it's worth considering. Hard to judge too much from the heat here. No butler, no hero. Lowry had 17 points with 14 assists, while Bam Adebayo took the locked-on fantasy basketball bump and played well. 24, 13, and 6. Unfortunately, this bloke, I almost said a very, very rude term that just would slide off the tongue here in Australia, but I know that many of you in America would not appreciate it. Um, doesn't know how to block a shot. Just doesn't. 24, 13, and 6. And unfortunately, was bad at free throws, but good to see some efficiency come back and uh, yeah, nice little bump. While with the absence of Hero and Butler, both Gabe Vincent, well, Gabe Vincent, Max Struess, and Caleb Martin all played 30 minutes. Struess had 19 points with six threes in 31. I lied. Vincent only played 29. He had 14 with four threes, while Martin had 18 points. And that's all well and good. It's all worth remembering. But Butler and Hero come back, and these guys do jack shit. So don't worry too much about that. Oh, by the way, the, the spur Dunk Robinson, Jack Armstrong has got something to say. Yeah, three points on 11% shooting. He's just been really bad this year. He's a three-point specialist who's not hitting threes. Please do not bother with holding onto him. Please, I, I beg you, you can find way more value. You can stream in Gabe Vincent and get better value than you're getting out of Duncan Robinson at this point in the season. And even if it changes, which he will improve, it's not worth holding through this uh, current bullshit that we're getting. But I'll tell you what isn't bullshit, and that is the fact that BetOnline has you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues their march towards the playoffs. BetOnline is your number one spot for all of the sports action this season, so head to the new updated desktop or use their mobile, uh, or use your mobile, not their mobile device, I'm sure they won't give you their passcode. Use your own mobile device to sign up and use the promo code LOCKEDON for a 50% welcome deposit bonus from basketball to football, the NHL, boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait and take advantage of all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, let's not start, but continue by looking at the Indiana Pacers falling to the good Minnesota Timberwolves. Yeah, good. They're good. 
Who knew? 100 to 98. The paces were without Miles Turner. So DeMontis Sabonis played 36 minutes. All at center. No other bigs uh, playing next to him. 16, 25 rebounds with 10 assists. 22 usage plus 17. He was really good in this game. Now, he hasn't been living up to maybe preseason expectations, but 60 fantasy points here is great. I think the Turner absence has to be a factor in this, so bear that in mind. Brogdon played 40 minutes, and dude, this guy's groins are going to blow up. 25, 6, and 5 with three steals, and Justin Holiday had 39 minutes for 15 points and three threes. Holiday can be a three-point stream option, but you know, I don't expect Turner's going to be out long. Timothy John McConnell started in place of Turner, played 34 minutes and had four assists and two steals. If you like that, then add him. I don't like it, so I'm not adding him. I don't think he's a 12-team league guy. Well, Duarte got ejected after scoring 14 points in Levert. We thought maybe he was back on track, but yeah. Nine points on 21% shooting to make Jason Tatum proud. Didn't do too much. He's been shocking this year. Like The back has got to be, it's got to be an issue. 179th ranked player. I am holding, but honestly, if I was in a 10-team league... I'd consider moving on. I would consider that. Isaiah Jackson played the backup center on the first half, and he was horrible. So Goga played the second half, and he wasn't much better. Uh, real problems there for the Pacers if Turner is out long-term. I don't think he will be. For the Wolves, they had injury absences. Both Jared Vanderbilt and Jaden McDaniels joined Patrick Beverly on the sidelines. So they started a combination of Josh Okogie and Torian Prince and still won somehow. Now, I have been critical of D'Angelo Russell a lot. Now, you'll also know that I'm also always a big proponent of him in fantasy because you can separate those things out. But he has actually been good at both things this year, real-life play and fantasy play. Fantasy play sounds like something different if you took that out of context. 21, 8, and 11 for D'Lo. He is the 49th-ranked player this year. He's not even shooting well. Like This is legit top 30 upside if things all came together. Great to see. Great to see that he is actually producing winning basketball. Goose. Anthony Edwards had 21 and 9, 5 assists and 3 steals. He shot well. He's the 24th ranked player over the last two weeks, 31st on the season. I hope you did pick him in the third or fourth round this year because it's working out all right. Well, Townsie had 32 and 8. Good game from him. Malik Beasley, eh, just shit house from him, honestly. Like, nothing too exciting. I wouldn't be bothered with him as a must-roster guy with Beverly out. Well, Joshua Kogi had a uh, an alternate Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. Two points, two steals, and two blocks, and somehow added four assists. Do not read into that at all. Leandro Balmaro has taken the backup point guard job over from Jordan McLaughlin. Now, that's not to say Balmaro plays when Beverly returns even, but he's getting minutes now, so 20-teamers, just pay some attention there. Well, Prince... Yeah, uh, zero points in 23 minutes for Torian Prince. He's actually just really not very good. He'll have some good games for sure, but overall, he is, as they would say, uh, Trey Mal. On to the Thunder and the Rockets. The Rockets win at 102.89. Is that three straight for Houston? I think it might be. We talked about Trey Mann on the waiver wire show as um, you know upside grabs guys to watch. Played 30 minutes, had 17 and 7 with two steals and a block. I still don't think he's a very good NBA prospect, but he was really impressive here. Happy to have my mind changed for sure. He was impressive. There was no Derek Favors, no Mike Muscala, and no Kendrick Williams. So, from the depths of the ocean comes Isaiah Roby. 17 and 5 with a triple one. And this is the guy that I was like, hey, I really like taking him with a last round pick. I don't know who their starting center is going to be. Maybe Roby's going to get that chance. And then he came in, looked terrible, and was taken out of the rotation. This is why I wanted to take him with a last pick because he can put up numbers. 
does this mean that he's going to get that role back now? I wouldn't, you know, count my chickens too fast. And there's two centers out of the rotation here. And both of those guys could come back, play their 15 to 20 minutes or 10 to 15 minutes and eliminate Roby once again. But it's worth watching. Shay, did he have a bump? Did he have a, a, a buy low bump? Maybe. 22 points on 45%. Unfortunately, just two of six from the line. But he also had a Richie Benno. Two for two, two, two. And Josh Giddy had some rough shooting. Two points on 11%. But seven assists, one steal, two blocks. You're getting it done in those other categories. So that can be um, yeah, really useful when he's producing that just without the scoring. Uh, Lou Dort. No, my son is also named Bort. We elaborated on him the other day saying, hey, holy shit, like these numbers that he's putting up are great, but is this field goal percentage sustainable? Turns out maybe not. Seven points on 30%. He did have two steals, but that high usage, high efficiency he was putting up felt not real, and maybe it's going to turn out to be not real. I'm still holding him, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, Joe Rogan. Jeremiah Robinson Earl, two points on 17%. Now, let's say this about Earl. He, not Earl, Robinson Earl. He's a guy you can add, or you could have added. We liked his role. We liked the minutes pushing up. His upside is not particularly high. He's not a guy that I think is going to come out and be a top 80 sort of player, even if he played 39. I don't think that's his game. I wouldn't drop just on the basis of this one game, but if there is a free agent out there that you want, Alec Burks, for example, do it. Like, Robinson Earl's upside isn't that high. Darius Bailey might be the worst shooter in the NBA. Four points on 0 5 shooting in 20 minutes. He's only a points league guy, but man, he had 12 points here. It's very hard for me to even look at him as a 12-team league points league player at this point. The Crucifix, Christian Wood, 59 fantasy points, 31 minutes, 24 and 21 with three threes, a steal and three blocks, hit his free throws, hit his shots, looks engaged. And Stephen Silas gave him the one of the most biggest backhanded compliments you could get. Like, oh, he's trying now. All right. Now, he there, it's undoubted that he plays better when he is the center and not with another big. And I don't think that other big is coming back. But I also think that this is somewhat inflated by playing the Thunder and playing Jeremiah Robinson Earl and Isaiah Roby. I think that is inflated for sure. So, if you do have Christian Wood and you get a trade offer and someone wants to send you a top 30 player, I would do it. Like Woods, It probably won't happen. But I would do it. Weird shit goes on all the time. I do not think that this is now the baseline for Christian Wood or even like 110% of baseline. This is a really, really a high number. No Jalen Green to take shots away as well. So it is, yeah, maybe it's going to be his best line for the year. But it's good to see him getting back to business. 15, 6, and 8 for the wild thing. Jay Sean Tape, solid numbers there. While cousin Kevin Porter, I said Darius Basie might be the NBA's worst shooter, but cousin Kev said, don't forget about me, Josh. I went, sorry, Kev. Sorry, mate. I know I know we're relatives here, but you do, you do have a case for it. 24% from the field, a true shooting of 30, 13% from three, and just to make matters worse, 67% from the line. But he had a triple-double, so I guess it was good. 11, 10, and 11. The three steals is nice. I, I do believe he's a better shooter than this. He's not a good shooter. He's not even remotely a good shooter, but he's better than this. Um, Garrison Matthews. With Jalen Green out, you could do worse in 14-team leagues than streaming this bloke in. 19 points with five triples. He loves a shot. Loves it. Loves a shot. And they go in. He's like a 50% three-point shooter this year. That'll drop off. Amani Brooks had been playing well and did not here. While um, the delicate dancer, Alperen Shengun, 
It's a delicate dance in just 17 steps. So multiple people are, because, uh, you know, I don't expect you all to listen to every episode. What is the delicate dancer? Why is he the delicate dancer? I'll tell you what. Alperen Shengun looks exactly like Andrew Glauberman from Big Mouth. That is who is in that clip. So I was just looking, what's an interesting Andrew Glauberman nickname that I can give to Alperen Shengun? And then that clip came up. It's called the Glauberman Method, where Andrew details how he jerks off. There you go. And I thought the delicate dancer ties in with Shengun's nice post footwork. So he is now the delicate dancer. There you go. There's the etymology, as someone tweeted at me. What's the etymology, which I love, love, love that word, um, of Shengun's nickname. There you go. You can drop Shengun. Like, they're not going to play two bigs, and it's going to require a wood injury or a wood trade for him to be relevant. And uh, yeah, cool. Eric Gordon's not a 12 team league guy, I don't think. 11 points with two trips for him. Two trips, that sounded terrible. Don't know why I said it that way. The Hornets. And the Bulls, the Bulls, the big winners, again, 119-133. Shout out to the bloke who told me he's stopped watching my channel because I predicted the Bulls for 42 wins. Like, again, kids cover your ears. Sorry, fuck, I got something wrong. Wow, fucking hell. Like, have they won 42 games yet? No, not quite. But man, people get so touchy about their teams. I thought the Bulls would be not this good. They're playing well. They're really, really good at the moment. The Hornets, Taylor's really good. Terry Rogier, holy shit. Um, the sell high window just got as wide open as, I don't know what you could say, something big. 31.6 triples, 65% shooting, 86 from three. He is on a red hot streak with shooting. Sell high. LaMelo Ball, 18, 7, and 13. Not shooting well, but still racking up the numbers. Well, Peach, old PJ, PJ Washington Jr., 15 points, five triples, 32 minutes. Now, there is no Mason Plumley. I don't know what they're going to do. In the preseason, I was like, I want them to start PJ. I'd love them to just run him at the five, and they didn't do it, and he looked shit house, and he played like 20 minutes a night. Now there's no Plumley, and the minutes have gone up. Will they play him big minutes? We've got to add him to see where it goes. He's also on a real red-hot streak in terms of shooting numbers. Haywood had 22, while Ubre had 18 in 32 minutes. Um, the two steals and a block are really nice from Ubre. His numbers are right. If you want him in a 12-team league, by all means. I just don't think the consistency is enough for him to absolutely just lock in a 12-team roster spot. Also helps, again, that there was no Plumley or no Cody Martin. They give That gives him extra minutes. Uh, 27 minutes for Jalen McDaniels. He played a lot of center. They decided to start Nick Richards, and he played seven minutes. Yeah, so don't need to add him. But I tweeted this out today. I'm going to throw it out again. Remember James Booknight? Man, what a, he's going to be the best draft pick. He's going to go top five. He got picked 11. He slid down. You know, I didn't like him as a draft prospect necessarily. But has there been ever like a top 12 pick who is just absolutely completely not in anyone's mind at all? Like nobody cares about this bloke. We, we don't see him. He doesn't play. We don't hear anything from him. He's just nowhere near it. It's so, so weird to see a bloke pick that high that no one's going, hey, free book night. Give him minutes. Like nobody cares about this bloke. It's, it's a bizarre thing. He shouldn't be getting minutes. No one's no one's saying that. But it's actually amazing to me that he's just a complete afterthought. And there's definitely someone listening to this. When I said, remember James Booknight, they went, oh, yeah, that bloke. Fuck, what happened to him? He's just not playing. Wow. The Bulls. It's Bulls. It's Big Bulls. Bulls is it. Bulls a bitch. This is it. The Locked On Fantasy Basketball by low bump. 30 and 14, six triples, five assists, two blocks, 63% shooting. Remember, remember that when... Oh, that's another drop that I've got. To, um, I don't know if I can find it. I've got to find that drop. I'll, I'll do that later. Um, remember that it is up against the um, Charlotte Hornets who just allow... They just allow centers to do whatever they want, really. Um, big numbers come from centers often. And he took advantage. 
58 fantasy points, great. Good to get him back on track. Also, usage was up to 26%. Lonzo Ball, 16 points, four triples, eight assists. Great game. Now, I, I led with my buy low or sell high show today with DeMar DeRozan. I had multiple people arguing with me. Oh, you're just a hater. Why do you, everyone hates DeMar DeRozan? You're just doing it because you didn't draft him, which is a lie because I did. Um, but my major point, and I'll reiterate it now, is that DeMar DeRozan would not continue to shoot 96% from the free throw line and probably drops his usage down from 31%, which is all those numbers where he'd been over the last two weeks, which had propelled him to be a top 15 player. So he shot 80% from the line here on 29% usage. And this is exactly what I was talking about. That if Vooch rolls a little bit more, the free throws won't stick at 96, then you lose 15 to 20 ranking spots. So if you can get a top 20 player back, and I highlighted Fred Van Vliet as one of those guys, you do it. I think that's exactly what happened. Not to say that this is going to be DeRozan's stat line every game, but people just don't often understand the idea of a sell Oh, you're saying he's trash. I'm going to defend my guy. Like, nah, man. Like, it's not, it's not what it is. Levine had 25 points. He was ill in this game, so it's good to see him push through and with a really good game. 25, 6, and 5 there. While Javante Green, man, I don't really know why he starts. Like, he had, to, he had a dunk. That was good. Four points in 36 minutes, while Caruso just 25 points. I'm, I'm, I'm workshopping a nickname for Caruso. I'm not quite there with it yet, but 14 points, seven assists for him. He remains a must-roster guy. And uh, Kobe White, I'm, I, I'm not convinced Kobe White's an NBA rotation player at this point in his career. He's going to get rotation minutes, but holy shit. Eight points in 22 minutes, while Ayo Desumnu, his uh, minutes and playing time are dropping down quite considerably. He played just the six minutes here. Four, four points. The Washington Wizards, that is 22 years in a row that they have failed to win in San Antonio. They lose 116.99. KCP, we talked about him at the start. 17 points in 25 minutes with three threes. He is now the 71st ranked player over the last two weeks. He's on the back of threes and getting some steals for sure. Um, and that, that's helping him. But you know, really, really good stuff from him. And yeah, short-term stream value. Maybe there is something in him. I don't, again, when... The the idea that Rui Hachimura is an NBA player returns to be an actual NBA player, well, that's going to impact somebody or multiple people, and KCP is probably one of those guys. So I wouldn't be you know selling out to grab him, but he's playing well. Dan Gafford, 11 and 10, hurt his thumb but came back, and that's about the third game in a row that he's outplayed Montrez Harrell. Gafford's a must-roster player, by the way, just in case you weren't aware. And someone said, why didn't you include him on the must-roster thing? Because according to my metrics of advanced leagues, he's rostered in 100% of leagues. So if your league doesn't have him on a roster, then please make sure you add him. I don't know what to do with Harrell. 21 minutes, 143rd-ranked player the last two weeks, 6-5 and 6 with a steal on a block. He was undoubtedly brilliant to start this year, and I am going to do an award show at some point in the next day or two. And he's going to feature heavily in six-man-of-the-year voting. But when Tom Bryant comes back, what the hell happens to Harrell? Bryant probably sits, but for this team to be good, I, they need Gafford. And I don't know what to do with Carroll, uh, not Carroll, Harrell here. Hold him. Maybe buy low. But I, I wouldn't be investing much into a buy low, personally. Kuzma had 13-5-3, and, and look, that's just like fine. It's fine. Look, he probably should be on a 12-team league roster, but still hasn't cracked the top 100. Well, Davis Bertans, remember when this guy used to be good? Holy shit. Zero points in 11 minutes, 0 of 4. He is one of the worst NBA players at the moment. I think that knee injury that kept him out of the bubble um, has ruined him. I, 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 what other explanation is there? He's just bad now. For the Spurs, 
Maximum Derek. Oh, yeah, boys. Started out 2 of 10, but ended with 24 points, including 18 points in a quarter. Five rebounds, five assists, a steal, and a block. Great numbers. 54th, for all of you um, guys that were, like, you know, getting upset about Derek White and, uh, you know, fuck Josh Lloyd. He's told us all this shit. He's just not good. He's now the 54th ranked player over the last two weeks. He's 86th for the season. And if you're getting bent out of shape about a bloke who's 86 for the year, who's started out horribly, like I reckon your priorities might be in the wrong spot. Not saying he's a world beater, and he's definitely underperformed what I expected. But he is still pretty decent, and this was a good game. DeJounte had 22, 10, and 8. Keldon Johnson started out well, but you know, faded to you know, do nothing. 13, 5, and 2. I don't think he's a 10-team league guy. Points league, sure. Category leagues, even 12-team, he's like a bit borderline, but you probably want to hold. Pirtle had 14, 11 with two blocks. Um, missed all three of his free throws, but you know, solid numbers otherwise. While Lonnie Walker had three points and Bryn Forbes had 10. Oh, I, Lonnie Walker, man, I, I don't I don't know about him as a player. I don't think he's very good at all. And I think there's plenty of guys on this team, like Devin Vassell's out here. Yeah, Josh Primo came in and had six points in 12 minutes. Uh, these guys are going to make Walker completely superfluous in the... Yeah, well, Vassell's already ahead of Walker, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if Primo is ahead of um, is ahead of Lonnie next season. Let's go on to the next game: the Cleveland Cavaliers. Is this team good? Probably. Hundred and fourteen to ninety six. Jared Allen was on my sell high show, and he said, "Josh, you're a dickhead. I am going to keep going at this level. Twenty eight and fourteen on seventy one percent shooting." I still fail to believe that Jarrett Allen is going to maintain a 28% usage like he did in this game. So this actually just widens the sale high for me. But this was massive. 50 points, fantasy points. He was great. Absolutely great. Lowry Markin was also great. 24 and 8 with 5 triples. He's a must-roster player. Darius Garland, 18 points, 9 assists. Looked great. Evan Mobley, only 12 points. But 1 steal, 2 blocks, 7 rebounds. He's also great. Isaac Okoro. He's a good defender. Terrible fantasy player. 10 points in his 27 minutes. Don't roster him in even 14-team leagues. Well, Rubio struggled. 7 points in 20 on 27%, but somehow he was a plus 30. It was him, Garland, Market, and Allen that really did all the damage, and uh, Kevin Love in his minutes. Uh, 10 points in 17. Now, Love is only a 12-team streamer and not a must-roster player. I wouldn't have uh, I wouldn't have thought. On to the Mavericks. Let's, uh, let's talk about it. KP is dealing with an ankle sprain. X-rays were negative. That's a positive. That's only checking broken bones. Ligaments, we don't know for tomorrow. Now, he has suffered some severe ankle sprains in the past and barely missed any time. So just bear that in mind also. It's obviously not ideal, though. He was playing so well. Nine and five with four blocks. The shooting wasn't great, but prior to this, he was good. Uh, Doncic was great. 25, 10, and 10. Missed all four of his free throws, though, which is just fuck, It's useless. What are you doing? His free throws are a real issue. But 51 fantasy points, while Finney Smith had 14 points and two steals. Now, they started the C part of Moses Brown. I get into these arguments with people all the time or discussions or whatever. And because people like to harken back to what he did in OKC, he had a really good run last year. Yeah, like he had a stretch of putting up fantasy numbers, but he was not a good player. He remains not a good player. And please, like, I know Porzingis is out. That doesn't mean that you have to add have to add him. There was no Corley Stein in this game, so he'll come back. There's still Dwight Powell. Muxy Kleber will probably just start at the five next to Dorian Finney-Smith, and they'll start Jalen Brunson. Moses Brown is not playing 25 minutes a night in the NBA. I just cannot see there's any way that that happens for him. Maybe I'm wrong. And they say, well, without Porzingis, we are going to start Moses. 
or we're going to play 30 minutes of Cauley Stein. I don't think any of those things are happening. I think you'll get maybe some Brown and Cauley Stein and Powell minutes mixed in, but Kleber's going to start. You're going to run more wings out there. Trey Burke, Jalen Brunson, Reggie Bullock. These guys are going to get more minutes with Porzingis misses time. Not Moses Brown. Tim Hardaway. Um, oh, man. Like, shocking. Six points in 27 minutes. The good thing I'll say here is that if Porzingis misses, there is more usage for him. But long-term, I'm not convinced he's going to be a 12-team league guy. Well, Kleber had 13 in 25 minutes. I think you add him in 12-team leagues, Muxy. I'd even consider Dorian if Porzingis does happen to um, uh, miss some time. The Portland Trailblazers, they got smashed by the Utah Jazz, 129-107. Anthony Simons with no Norm Powell. You can add him 24 points in 24 minutes, as long as Powell is out, of course. Well, Nurkic played 27 minutes, had 24 and 10 on 69% shooting. Now, this dude can't block shots anymore for some reason, but that's great. Um, yeah, maybe we thought we thought Damian Lillard might have been over his problem. Maybe not. 11-6-5 on 33% shooting. Lillard is the sixth-ranked player over the last two weeks. But this was a step backwards while McCullum had 19 points. <sighs> Bob Covington, what do we do? Just dreadful. I I am happy to go out on that. And I've gone on the limb, I think maybe 10 days ago, and I said drop him. All right, I'd be happy to drop him. I had, I did drop him. Um, I think you've got to drop him. Like I, just, I just don't see it. Is the upside high? The question is, is the upside worth holding on through shitfulness? And I don't actually think it's going to be there for Covington. Nasir Little started the second half over Tony Snell. He had seven and six. He's a nice 14-team league ad. Well, Larry Nance, I don't... Even though Covington's struggling, I don't think you can add Nance either. One point in 17 minutes. He had like two good games, Larry Nance. It's really hard. You're holding Covington and Nance just due to memories. Just due to the old fart stench of a familiar smell. That, oh, I remember when Larry Nance used to do this. I remember Bob Covington. But all evidence from this year would tell us that that's not even close. I, I, let me clear that up. I don't have a problem with you holding them. Do it. They might come good. But sometimes you've got to make decisions to move on from blokes. And you know, anyone who's listened to this podcast for a long time knows that I've been, I've been a massive Covington supporter for years. I was a big Nance guy for a lot of time. But that doesn't mean that I just um, you know, hold on to whatever happened four years ago and stick with that bloke and think that that's going to come true. Right, you got about judging things in the moment. I've been massive. I've been a massive Nance guy and a Covington guy for years. I just don't think it's here this year. For the Jazz, Don Mitchell. He's done. He's good. Yeah, thirty points, five assists, and four steals. While Gobert had twenty-one and sixteen. Rudy Gobert. Rudy He also had uh, 81% from the field, 75 from the line, which is great. Jordan Clarkson was also pretty good. J-O-R-D-A-N-C-L-A-R-K-S-O-N. More minutes with Royce O'Neal out, 22 points with six triples. Rudy Gay had 14 and Bogdanovich had 13 in 32 minutes. Well, it was a stinker from Mike Conley, just two points in 26 minutes. I wouldn't worry too much about it, but it wasn't a great game. Um, yeah, Gay's like that 16-team league streamer. Ingles... If O'Neill remains out, Ingles can be a 12-team up, 14-2-6. He looked pretty good in this game and does look much better when he is starting. But when he goes back to the bench, there's just not enough value for him in most uh, most of those cases. All right, so the last game of the night, the Pelicans on the road blowing out the Clippers, 123-104. Because, uh, yeah, this bloke. Jonas Vassal Inuansas. He went bananas. 39 points, hit his first seven triples, ended seven of eight from three, 15 boards, two steals. 
63% shooting. He had been tailing off a little bit with some blowouts and uh, I think there was an ejection and some foul trouble involved in it. Maybe not an ejection. But he had a couple of low-minute games and it dropped him down. This was obviously awesome. Sure, sell high, whatever. You're not going to be able to pull it off for the value he's providing. So I think you just got to ride this out. Herb Jones, Herbalife, 16 points, two steals and a block with 34 minutes. He looks really good on the court. He also added some really nice scoring. Now, that's not a regular thing from Herb. He's only the 181st ranked player this season. Probably go up after today. Yeah, in 14-10 leagues, I think you can look at that. 27 points for Ingram was good. While Josh Hart struggled with his shot, just four points on 11%, but added nine assists, 12 rebounds, and two steals. So really good numbers again from him. The opposite can be said for Devontae Graham, who had eight points with three steals and two triples. I think Devontae's a drop in 10-team leagues. And I think he's looking like that in 12-teamers, to be fair. And I think Nikhil Alexander-Walker needs to get Jack Armstrong here pretty quickly. Get that garbage out of here! He needs big usage and big minutes to provide value. He's not getting those. He's not hitting shots. He just looks trash out there. Like, he was a guy that I was interested in as a late-round pick. Um, but yeah, I didn't think he'd be this bad. Obviously, you can. Uh, I think you can move on in all 12-team formats. Also, everyone was adding Billy Hernan Gomez. I was not behind that, and this is why. 16 minutes, 9 and 6, no other stats. Everything he was doing was well above his head. He's strictly a backup to Valanchunas, and he was getting 20 minutes a night because Valanchunas was getting those foul trouble nights. This is why. I do not believe... I know that his numbers over the last three games would tell you, hey, look at that, top 100 must be added. I do not believe that for a second. 16-team leagues, not a problem. 14, maybe. 12, no way. I'd be more than happy to drop him, and I'm more than happy for you to disagree. That's fine. For the Clippers, we talked about Serge Ibaka. Well, not actually. We'll talk about him in a sec. We talked about Ivica Zubats and how things were trending down. Well, they trended down pretty hard here. 18 minutes, 4-4. Four and four. I'm holding... I don't think he's going to last as a 12-team league guy. They're still running three centers. Hartenstein had five and three in this game with a block. He was better than Zubats again, while Abaka had 13 and six in 26 minutes with three threes. That's really encouraging for Serge. I'm not adding him in 12-team leagues, but this might be the indicator to you that you think you can do that. And that's fine. I won't do it, but it was good. 27, three and three for Paul George, while Jackson had 19 and five with four threes. Terrence Mann, the five assists are nice, the seven rebounds are nice, but he's still more of a 14-team league guy, while Eric Bledsoe just continues to annoy the shit out of us. 10 points in 29 minutes for him, while Amir Coffey started with Marcus Morris out, nine points in 24 minutes. Again, that's worth remembering when talking about Serge Barker as well, that there was no Marcus Morris or Nick Batum to take those uh, center minutes away. Also, it makes it extra worrying for Zubats, the fact that he played so few minutes, and he's been trending down pretty hard, Zubats, as I said, uh, over the last week or so. So that will, um, in fact, do it for all of the recaps. Let's have a look at the lines of the night. Of course, the monstrous line of the night goes to Jonas Valanciunas. The waiver wire line of the night is Trey Mann. The young gun of the night is Lamelo Ball, while the dud of the night is the burner, Jalen Brunson. The top 10 producers for nine category leagues today at number one, Valanciunas. Number two, Nick Vucevic. Number three, Christian Wood. Four, Don Mitchell. Five, DeMontis Sabonis. Six, Nick Jokic. Seven, Terry Rozier. Eight, Rudy Gobert. Nine, Mo Bamba. And 10, D'Angelo Russell. For the guys that are rostered in under 50% of leagues, Trey Mann, just a watch for deeper leagues. Bones Highland, don't mind if you take a flyer there. Herb Jones, yep, 14-team ad. Anthony Simons, good stream for tomorrow. Joe Ingles, as long as Royce O'Neal's out. Max Struess, not much there. Gary Harris, 14 to 16-team leagues. Dorian Finney-Smith, yeah, I think he's a 12-team ad. Justin Holiday, 14-team. And then Serge Ibaka, again, probably a 14. Not quite ready for me to look at him as a 12-team guy. 
And then for points leagues, the top 10 players today, Valanciunas, Sabonis, Wood, Vucevic, Jokic, Doncic, Bamba, Mitchell, Gobert, and Jarrett Allen. Guys, that will do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you're on YouTube, thumb it up. Leave your comments down below, guys. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.